In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. I have a question. What has happened to working for heaven? Working hard to get into heaven. What has happened to thinking about avoiding hell and doing what we can by the grace of God to enter into the pearl, through the pearly gates into God's kingdom? St. Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, he says, Work out your salvation in fear and in trembling. Work out your salvation in fear and in trembling. He says in fear and in trembling because it's not something to be taken lightly. It's something to be taken very seriously. In fact, the most serious of all. The question that reigns over humanity at all times is eternal life. And what are we going to do to get there? Too often, we, especially now, I think have, if not forgotten about it, at least diluted and really degraded its significance. But that's really unhealthy, spiritually. It's very, very unhealthy because if we don't have a mark, if we don't have a goal, if we don't have a destination, we're certainly not going to reach it. Or if the destination is far shorter than we thought it was, then we're only going to reach so far and we're not going to get any further. So our destinations now tend to be not heaven, not avoiding hell, but they tend now to be something like, let me have a good career. Let me make such and such amount of money. Let me get married and have this many kids and raise them and become a grandpa or grandma or whatever. Let me accomplish these tax tasks in my life, and if I do that within my lifetime, I'm happy, I'm good to go. I've reached my goal. That is far short of the goal of humanity. That is far short of our actual destination. And if we are that short, we won't go the full distance. That's the problem. This is, in my opinion, belittling of what it means to be human, and it's certainly belittling of the faith. And it's something I think that uh, we're kind of tricked into. It's a worldview that's been imposed upon us. But we can't forget the words of our Lord, which many today laugh at, unfortunately. But we can't forget them, and we can't dilute its seriousness. Jesus, for example, in the Gospel of Matthew, says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. He goes on to say, I'm not going to quote the whole, whole thing. He goes on to say, Oh, didn't, you know, people will say to me on that day, didn't, we, didn't you preach in our streets? Didn't we eat with you? Didn't we do all these things? And he says, I don't know you. Depart from me, you evildoers. He's speaking about the reality of hell. In the parable of the talents, Jesus says, oh, there was a master, and he gave five talents to one guy, two to another, and one to another. And the five made five more, the two made two more. The one was lazy. The one was afraid. In his fear, he became lazy. And in his laziness, he was condemned. He didn't work the one talent. He didn't fulfill his vocation. He didn't serve the way God wanted him to serve. And he's not excused. 
Of him it is said, cast the worthless servants into the outer darkness. There men will weep and gnash their teeth. On Judgment Day, Jesus says this, and I'm going to read it in full. It's a little bit long, but it's worth reading. Again, these are the words of the Son of God. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep at his right hand, but the goats at the left. Why the distinction between sheep and goats? Why the distinction between the left and the right side? Because on the right side, those are the righteous who will enter into the kingdom of the Father. On the left are the goats, the unrighteous, who will be condemned. What is the nature of the distinction? That's the Bible passage where Jesus says, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was sick and you visited me and so on. Or I was hungry and he did not give me food. I was thirsty and he did not give me drink and so on and so forth. Essentially, if I were to summarize it, it would be, did you aid those in need or not? Were you encouraging and supportive, helpful to those who were in need or were you not? If you were, great, enter into the kingdom of the Father. If not, you are a goat on the left side. And what it says, what he goes on to say about these, he says this, Amen, I say to you, as you did it not to, the, to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the, but the righteous into eternal life. God provides for us the needy. He's not speaking about, primarily, he's not speaking about looking out for people on the streets that are homeless that we can help out. Certainly that's a good thing, we should. But the first level of, of meaning of the text is not that. The first level is the needy are those that are immediately around you. It's your family members. It's your husband or your wife or your kids. It's your brother or your sister. It's the people that God has put in front of you. These are the people that will say, I'm hungry, and then you feed them. I'm thirsty, and then you give them drink. I'm lonely, and then you visit them. And if you fail to do that, Jesus lays out the natural consequences. This is the meaning of vocation, brothers and sisters. I, in my vocation, am a priest, and I will be judged as a priest in my performance as a priest. And my duty is to you. And if I fail you, then I will fail in my performance as a priest and will receive the, right, the, the, the correct condemnation. If I do well, by the grace of God, thank God. In your vocation as, I don't know, let's say a married person, in your vocation as a husband or as a wife, the needy is first and foremost your spouse to whom you serve. And you are to do well in your performance as a husband or as a wife or as a father or as a mother. In the parable of the maidens, this is the parable of the ten virgins, the ten maidens, the wise and the foolish maidens, the bridegroom is set to come to make his appearance so they can go on procession to the wedding banquet. Five were wise, and they prepared, and they stayed in the state of preparedness by making sure that they had enough oil so that when the bridegroom came, they would be ready because he was late, he was delayed. But five foolish maidens were not prepared. They saw that the bridegroom was delayed. 
they got kind of bored, and so they decided to entertain themselves. They had a blast, they had a party, they went to sleep, and then the bridegroom came. And then they said, afterward, the other maidens also came, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. I say all this today because I am legitimately fearful for the souls of many of our people. Because I don't think we think about eternal life very often any longer or we don't take it seriously. It's just kind of an assumption that, oh, God is good and he, everybody's gonna go to heaven. Some, many have actually told me that explicitly. One would fall into a great perplexity if he studied scripture. Because in scripture, the afterlife is very real, and the responsibilities of this life are paralleled to the consequences in the afterlife. We enter heaven by the grace of God and by the mercy of God, not because we deserve it. Every single one of us deserves to go to hell. It is the mercies of God that transforms all the nasty, the worst parts about us, God transforms them so that we can enter heaven. But if we are uncooperative with him, how do we enter? Jesus says to the Pharisees that are heart of heart, hypocrites, how will you escape the fires of hell? Even Jesus is saying, I don't know how to get you in. I don't know what to do for you anymore. Why do I say all this today? In the gospel reading, Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? This is very nice. Jesus is saying, whatever's going on in life, don't, don't be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me. I'm good. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. There's plenty of space for you. If it weren't so, would I, I wouldn't tell you I'm going to go to prepare, prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I, so that where I am, you may be also. I want you to be with me in my kingdom. I want you to enter eternal life. Jesus is building us a palace in heaven. That's great news. Thank God. We don't deserve it, but his love is so infinitely great. However, he doesn't build alone. That's the point. St. Augustine says, God made us without us, but God cannot save us without us. God made us without our consent, obviously, but God cannot save us without our cooperation. Jesus doesn't build alone. Jesus builds with us, and he gives us in everything that he does from heaven in our lives. These are all bricks for our palace in heaven. But if we take the bricks and we reject them because, oh, it's too hard, it's too much effort, I don't feel like doing this, the bricks dissolve. And then what, what's left? What is Jesus going to build with? Nothing. That's the point. Rather, let us see the bricks as what they truly are. In our vocation, we have people that need us. We have people that need our service, that need our selfless acts of heroism and of charity, of love and of mercy, of patience and of forgiveness. They're immediately around you. These are the bricks that Jesus gives to us. Let us refine them. Let us make the best out of them 
so that they can stick in heaven and that Jesus can have them so that he can build the palace that he desires to build for us. But be assured, if we don't do that, if we just forget about it, if we just go about our business, pretending like this is not a real thing, not taking the advice of St. Ephraim who says, go to sleep every night as if it's your last night, be prepared to die every single night. Live every single day as if it's your last day because it very well could be. And you will go immediately to your judgment by God and the eternity, your eternity forever and ever without end will be determined on that moment based on where you're at now. That is a very real thing. And people don't talk about this enough, and even we priests, I must admit, we don't talk about this enough. And the church in general lately hasn't talked about this very much, and that's too bad. Because I think people are forgetting about it, and forgetting about it, I think we're taking the, our feet off the gas pedal. And when we do that, it's not that the car slows down, it's that it starts to go backwards really, really quick. Brothers and sisters, in the book of Sirach, it says that if man remembered death at all times, he would never commit a sin. So what do we do? Not take for granted the things that Jesus says. Not take for granted that we are baptized. In the Gospel of Luke, St. John the Baptist says to the Jews, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Don't, don't you dare, he says to them, don't you dare say, oh, we have Abraham as our father. Oh, we're baptized. We go to mass. We have a rosary on our, on our rear view mirror. We make the sign of the cross. We do these things. Don't say these things. God can turn stones into sons of Abraham. When they ask him, what should we do then? He says, if you have two coats, give one away. If you have extra stuff, give it away. Live at every moment as if God is watching because he is. And he's rooting for us. We can be well assured of that. God wants us to enter heaven. But we, our tendency and our inclination is definitely to get in his way. Brothers and sisters, keep your foot on the gas pedal. Keep going forward. Heaven is the destination. Heaven is the destination. The spiritual life is all about uniting with God by serving one another. And every opportunity that we can get to do that, take it. That's another brick for your palace in heaven. Don't let it dissolve. It comes from Christ. He's trying to build something for you. Amen.